This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. and the movies we see, the big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, and the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Hey there. Welcome. Thank you for taking the time to listen to us speak. My name is Mr. Nicholas Nunziata Jr. I'm your host alongside Mr. Justin Waddell. Hello, Justin. Hi, guys. Hi. We Hi, have, uh, we've known each other for quite a while. We've been doing recordings for quite a while, and this is the, the last one. Uh, this is where it ends. This is, this is starting a new show to, to end it. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Mr. Michael Robinson was that lovely voice you heard uh, before we showed up. Um, to, to remind you that we are not here to uh, mask the truth about these films. So, if you haven't seen King Kong, we will tell you he dies at the end. So, if you which, ha- which version, though? Any. Does he die in all the versions? No. Doesn't die in Skull Island. No, but I'm talking about when they remake, actually remade King Kong. He dies, always. Always? Yeah, I mean, because you think about it. What are you gonna? You can't. You can't end a movie with a, a giant ape alive. So the first one, obviously, he dies. The Jeff Bridges version, he dies. Well, in, okay. In the in the in the Jeff Bridges version, I think he's killed by gravity and gunshots. And then in, in the, the first version, he's killed by beauty. And then the lat and the King Kong lives. No, the the Peter Jackson version, right? He is, totally dies. Is it called King? It's just called King Kong. But right? King Kong Lives came out after King Kong with Bridges and. Uh, I don't remember this. Jessica, Jessica Land, Lang. Uh, yeah, What's, there was King Kong Lives. I think it was it was a huge failure. Did he die in that? It would be great if he did. <laughs> Nobody saw it. So Movie Microscope is our new show, uh, and our goal here is to uh, shed a light on some of those smaller moments because everybody, um, you know, it's, there's so much emotion that goes into uh, the way we, we take in movies and what we love about them. And it's very easy to sum it up with stuff that's easy, like Joe Pesci's monologue in Goodfellas or the trench battle in Star Wars or um, like the scene where Robert Shaw's shaving in the deep. There's all, there's all those big moments, but I think it's the little things that kind of help add all that weight. Because, you know, you think about some of the movies, and, and when I rewatch films, the stuff that I wait for, the stuff that I'm excited to see are never big moments. It's never the action sequences. It's never like the sex the sex scenes or anything like that it's always little tiny things that just kind of keep me going so we want to kind of shed a light on that and also we're going to balance this out with new material uh, and old movies too so like today our first installment is probably the worst choice we could have done 
a movie that we don't know that well. I saw for the first time for this purpose that, in my opinion, doesn't have a lot of great little moments or bad little moments for that sake. But that doesn't mean we're not up to the challenge. I know you do. That's why we're here. But so you'll see mainstream films. You'll see small films. You'll see every genre represented. Um, and, and, you know, if you come along for the ride with us and show us that you're interested, we're going to keep doing it routinely, elegantly, and with some audience participation. So what do you have to say about that, Justin? Well, I'm glad, I'm glad that you, we had that spoiler warning at the top of the show because I didn't know. Well, I mean, did it make people know that Joe Pesci was in Goodfellas or is that, (laughs) um, no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited to. I just like to talk about movies, you know. It's a sad, sad part of my life, but I do like to talk about movies. I bore people with it, so hopefully, I won't bore them with me talking. Oh, whatever. I'm We're gonna keep this tight. <laughs> I'm already not doing that. We're gonna keep it tight. Uh, so the movie we've decided to begin this adventure with is Bad Times at the El Royale from Drew Goddard. It's almost a brand new movie that didn't get a lot of play in the theaters. Just hit iTunes and will be on Blu-ray. By the time that this this goes to air on January 29th, 2019. It didn't play that long in theaters. I actually saw it in an empty theater. I was the only one in there when I watched this one. But that's it's one of those things where I wanted to get to this movie because I like Drew Goddard, who uh, directed Cabin in the Woods, co-wrote it, and he also wrote The Martian, which is a, a movie. And he also is heavily involved in some TV projects. He's He produces The Good Place, I believe. That's it, one of them. I think he did Daredevil. He did Daredevil for a minute, I think, yeah. and then he did. Uh, he was on Buffy for a long time. Yeah, you know, Justin, I think if you ask a lot of the people who know you, a theater where you're the only person in there, yeah, it's an empty theater. <laughs> Thank you. Uh huh. Um, Starring Jeff Bridges, yes, as Father Daniel Flynn, Cynthia Erivo as Darlene Sweet, yep, Miss Dakota Johnson as Emily Summerspring, John Hamm as Laramie Seymour Sullivan. Good old Chris Hemsworth is Billy Lee. How do you pronounce that girl's name? Kate, is Kaylee Spain. Kaylee Spaney? Yeah, as Rose, Summer, Spring, and Mr. Lewis Pullman as Miles Miller. So you went through, you actually said cat, the names of the people in the cast. Well, because in case we decide to talk about individuals, you know, uh, you know, just to have that you get fall back on. Now, I asked you this before, but do you think this is just a, a side thing? Do you think that Jeff Bridges' name is a reference to Tron? Absolutely not. The Flynn? Absolutely not. You sure? It's, it's a coincidence. But, you know, whatever. I don't care. If, if, if that's where Drew Goddard's pulling his deep cuts, he needs to fucking try harder. <laughs> um, you grew it. So it. this is his second director uh, directorial effort, correct? Yeah, I mean, he, he directed Cabin in the Woods, and that's it, I think. But he, he's, he's written quite a bit. That's, and... I didn't ask that. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, you know, then why are you asking me? I was getting your confirmation. All right. Um, so here's, we're going to go, the first part of the show, we're going to go with some just gut instinct stuff. This this feels like his first film to me. If It feels like a first film. I mean, Cabin in the Woods, I think, is a classic, mm-hmm. great movie. But this feels like a, a guy who hasn't banged all the rust off of his film school kind of idealism. I'd say this film is like to me. 
I mean, yeah, I think maybe there's some problems script-wise. You could say that, but as far as everything else, this is a very confident f- film. I mean, I didn't very say it wasn't confident. confident. I mean, if you look at Tarantino's first film, I mean, it's confident. Um, you look at, I mean, uh, what's what's the guy that did uh, Boondock Saints? His name Troy. Don't even Troy. Troy Duffy. Troy Duffy. See, I, I just feel like it's. I just I, feel I, like it's not as clever as it thinks it is. I think it's. Um, I don't think it's trying to be that clever. I think maybe that's part of why it didn't necessarily hook people. I think it's pretty. In a lot of ways, it's somewhat straightforward character piece. It's like there, and you, you. I think I have a friend that thought it was going to be more like Cabin in the Woods, and it fe- it feels at times that. Maybe it's going to go go that route. Identity was my analogy before. I, from the trailer, I thought... It reminded me of other motel movies, yeah. which is like, you know, Vacancy, which is always on TV with... Luke, Luke Wilson? Luke Wilson and Kate Beckinsale, right? Yep. Uh, about the murder motel. Um, it kind of has some... You know, that movie's very well shot as well. It's like a very... Shit. It's, I should have had Micah <laughs> do a voiceover saying that Vacancy was going to be brought up <laughs> on... <laughs> But uh, this the set design and all that stuff in this movie is very, I think very very pretty, like very interesting. The characters, the way that the way he does the, it does feel like a Tarantino movie a little bit. It does like that's maybe a, I think people are kind of calling this like a '90s film. Yeah, no, that's definitely it's um, it's a '90s film done with uh, modern quality production in terms of. But I think what you but get... But they did shoot it on film, which was nice to hear. He, yeah, and, and did you watch that I watched documentary? The documentary? It's nice, yeah. Um, it's what, right. what I like about it a lot is that I think, one, I think Jeff Bridges actually gives a... I think he always gives a good performance, but he, he actually gives a good performance with a great character. I think his character's really good. Do you not feel that these are pretty one-note? I mean, I think it's no. intentional is that these are all archetypes... He course. feels very one, like every character has one thing. But he's playing what I think is neat is you know obviously it's, this is a very it's a noir right so in in noir like the big the, one of the big things in those films is there's always somebody who maybe can't remember something right they don't know who they are not always but that's a that's a staple of that genre like there's a there's a person that either they can't remember who they are they have amnesia yeah um, and in, in this case it's bridges is older maybe has the alzheimer's something like that and i think that's kind of a nice play on that cliche yeah they mentioned it's alzheimer's in the movie and i had to look it up when i was watching it because i thought alzheimer's didn't really reach popular lexicon until recently but it was oh you try to you try to get early 2000s you try to early th- 1900s i mean you wanted to be that guy no i just didn't know because it was so it, it took me out of the period for a uh-huh. second there but i was wrong because it's been anyway they also so, made references to donald trump yeah <laughs> summarize uh, if you Lady would Gaga. the plot of the film for the listener because this is a spoiler. They've obviously seen it. So let's summarize what they already know. <laughs> They've obviously seen it? Yeah. Um, well, why don't you do that? You just watched it. I mean, I can I can do that, but why don't you? It's more fresh in your mind. You know, I, I watched it in the theater, and I watched bits of it last night. But I, I'll do it. I, I mean, if it's... You want. Wait, let's tag team it. I, okay. <laughs> you so, say one word, I'll say the next. So there's a hotel uh, that straddles the borders of California and Nevada. I believe it's a motel. Motel. Actually, it's both. Is it? Technically... How can it be I both? also read this because of something to do with the, with the layout of it. I guess one half is a motel, one half is a hotel because Man. of the proximity to the street. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Indecisive. It's a grotel. All right, <laughs> but anyway, so the, it's a place in the in this story. It's a place where these hard luck people all descend upon. Uh, all all of these people have something dark in their past or present 
and they all come to a head in one location. And if you want to be a film school type, you could say, yes, they do probably represent something, you know, and the hotel might represent something. I mean, I've heard it represented as limbo or Mm -hmm. whatever. I hate that. I hate that idea. Um, but, but there's a, it's also, it's on, it's on, this hotel is on the, uh, the, the border and split down the middle of the border of California and Nevada, right? Did you say that? I did. Sorry, I forgot. Almost but word for word. I'm very sorry. But I think that's one of the complaints of the film is some people are saying that that doesn't really do it. It's like a nice, it's a nice idea, but they don't really do too much with it. And I bet if you, if you dig into the movie, I bet. There is more to no, the, but to I it. actually kind of I like here's here's my take on that. I think yep. one of the things I love about the movie. Well, let me stop you right there. Did you know that the is split? <laughs> yeah, it's on the border. Yeah, yep, Alaska and uh, Minnesota. Um, so one of the things I like about it is when I love when a filmmaker puts himself in a box where you're forced to be creative within a very tight space. So I mean, he's created a controlled environment where there's not a lot of set changes. Mm-hmm. It's one one location and then the rooms and all that. So you're forced to be creative with 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 constraints. So what they Stallone did, does that, yes, puts himself in the box. Yeah, for the Rocky movies. Yep, because <laughs> there's boxing. On. Yeah, Jennifer Lynch did a movie about it. Um, but the uh, so it forced you to be creative. So I think it's more of a visual flourish than anything else. You know, you have one side is one color, one side's another. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, you know, there's some comments that the characters make throughout the story about being on one side or the other and the differences. It's just a fun motif because I think it would get pretty dreary if it was just one location that didn't have any stylistic choices that were that elaborate so i think you don't it doesn't need to I mean doesn't need to mean anything right but um so yeah so you have you have these wide array of characters of varying degrees of darkness kind of showing up don't mind it it's pro <laughs> you're in brownwall studios this is what happens so would you explain explain that noise is it going to be picked up you think oh yeah yeah it's a flush it could be a flush, could be a sink, could be a dishwasher, could be anything. <laughs> Brown wall. Yeah, we're sometimes good shit moves through the walls here. Sometimes bad shit moves through the walls. So uh, off the cuff, uh, tell me just what this movie is to you. Like where, where? Okay, so this is a movie that I watched obviously in the theater by myself. You know, actually, I didn't know too much about it. I just like the trailer. I like Goddard, and of course, the cast is great. I think everybody in the cast is interesting. Um, uh, so I didn't know too much about it. I had heard that people weren't going to see it. Um, but it's a movie that's really grown on me. I, I, in, in the movie, I, in the, in the theater, I kind of felt the ending doesn't quite live up to the rest. I, I think Hemsworth's character, um, Billy Lee, who is this, um, I guess kind of like a Charles Manson type yeah. character. Um, not, not successfully. So he, I thought he's maybe his, his, presence was the least interesting in the movie but at the same time like as if the further i got away from the film the more i really liked it and i especially just like the design of the movie the performances quite a bit i think you mentioned obviously much to everybody but uh the people that stick out to me are bridges uh cynthia revo uh and lewis pullman who i was very surprised to learn is the blank slate himself son bill Bill Pullman. pullman nice who, by was, the way, by the way, Bill Pullman t- cannot taste. That's a fact about Bill Pullman. Cool. Injured himself, cannot taste. Uh, explain some of his choices. Uh, there yeah. you go. Yeah, I didn't know it was Bill Pullman's son. and uh, Lewis Pullman. Yeah. Yeah, Revo's great. I, 
She was also in Widows, which I saw last night. And she's great in that. She is fantastic. She runs a little bit in that movie. She She's great. She's completely different in these two two roles. I think people talk a lot about her, just her Broadway stuff, and mm-hmm. she's got a beautiful voice, obviously. I didn't know who she was before um, the trailer to this movie, uh, to El Royale. But um, she's, I mean, in both of those movies, she sticks out. She yeah, great. in this movie, they make her sing a lot, and then in Widows, they make her run a lot. <laughs> she... Um, her voice is fantastic, and in this movie, as we learned in this documentary, you know, that came with the the release, um, she sang everything live on set, and she sounds beautiful. So, okay, um, is that good? Is that a good fact? I, I suppose. Uh, and she's English. She's gonna have her first big star vehicle. She's doing a big remake next year. That'll be kind of her coming out party for I think most people. She's doing a sci-fi movie. It'll be interesting. It's uh. It's based. You know, I love it. I love when a when a, uh, a sequel or a remake, whatever, is based on something that's not like a huge project. <laughs> because, oh, I hate the fanboys, man. What are you I, talking about? Like, so if like you're, you can't remake Gone with the Wind, right? Well, yeah, you can do it. Maybe you can do a Netflix series. Yeah, maybe. But so, so what? I th- were you not? I thought you were going for a joke. Is she? Is she actually in a movie? Yeah, yeah. I forgot who's making it. I thought you were going to do something with her name. Arrivo. Yeah, she's in that Charlie Sheen remake, the Arrivo. The what? The Arrivo. <laughs> <laughs> David Goyer. Oh, not Goyer. Fuck. I'm sorry. 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 No, Chewy. no, no, no. Chewy. 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 All right. So now Why let's get into Goyer? let's get into let's get into the little things I'm so here. Sorry, I said Goyer. Let's talk about some of the little things in this story. Okay. Um, I love the room keys. Of course, the different for each side of the yeah, motel. Yeah, all shaped like the state, exactly. which is really cute. It's a cute motif. I'm telling you, the design of this movie is fantastic. Yeah, I, I heard you. Um, it's on the border, the Nevada and California. Do you know uh, where all the money for this movie went? <laughs> where the money went? Because um, I do. They paid Callie Spaney? The music licensing. Oh, yeah. I mean. Holy shit. Yeah. Every this is a greatest hits. If if it were a better movie or a more successful movie, you might have a big chill type soundtrack on your hands because it is just loaded with. No, does this? Did, imagine they did release a soundtrack with her singing all the, a lot of these songs, right? I mean, I hope not because they're all, they're completely without music, it's just her by herself. You if they, they if, you if think they, want, they would still do it though? I'd hate that. I mean, I'm, it's I'll not about my, me. Put my air, you know little earphones in, listen to the yeah, just listen to her voices. Yeah, I listen to just. John Hamm talking. Fast by through by the songs. way, my favorite. I love him so much. Although his accent's a little spotty. In it. They did that on purpose, right? I mean, yeah. he's yeah. yeah. But it's still all the characters have this. They're playing. They're they're hiding who they really are. Everyone. Not Chris Hemsworth. Well, he is because he's not who, really who he wants to be. Yeah. Well, that's um, charlatan. So, did you notice there's a line of dialogue that's repeated in this movie? I think he was trying to turn into sort of like a catchphrase. Hmm. Mm-mm. You've got glass in your head. Happens twice, two different sequences. Well, is, is it twice enough to turn to a catchphrase? I it's guess kind of an odd it. enough saying. Who said, don't give me the context. Um, the first time it happens during the John Hamm versus the two girls sequence, and then the second time is M Night Shyamalan comes out. Says it. <laughs> and the second time is, uh, is no, the first time is maybe Jeff Bridges when he, when she. I think it's Jeff Bridges, actually, uh, when Lewis Pullman is 
finding him on the ground, and then the second time is later on when they're in the all hostages. But didn't, don't you agree that? I guess okay. You wanted to go down a certain track. I'm just gonna say you can go on tangents. This is a fucking. I just think the bridges is fantastic in this. Almost like in a way, not talked about enough. Like he's super good in this. He's good. He, I, I don't always think... good, but super good in this. Really, really good. He's, and he's good. Great. I'd say I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bump up the. Great. He's always this good. Br brpd or whatever. It's <laughs> ripd. You know uh, who blows him off the screen though is Lewis Pullman. Let's just be honest. Um, no, I mean, yeah, Bridges is very good, but he's very, he's a consummate pro. But this is, I don't think he always, like, look at some of the stuff he's done lately. Like, what, what is some of the stuff? Like, The Gift, The Giver? Oh, the Giver. And then what's some other? He's he's in great movies, though. True Grit, you know. He's, of course, he's in. Tron Legacy. He's, he's fantastic he's in, in True Grit. But he doesn't always. Crazy Heart. Get guys killing it. The, this is a meaty role for him, and he's he. It's a talky role. It's he's so good in this. He, you know what he does? He he's stoic. He's got good hair. He's too. very stoic in it. He's, got, like he's got a lot of moments where he's able to chew on dialogue a little bit and take his time. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's he. Of course, he's good. He's. I mean, and and actually, they're all good. They're all they're all good actors. You, you know? wish he was he was worse. Is that what you're getting at? No, you're I just of, you like to see the flaws. I I think he's. I don't think he's having to stretch his muscles too much. I mean, Arivo has a, a she, her her best moments aren't the singing moments. There's mm-hmm. a scene where they're in the car that is probably my favorite dialogue delivery. Where um, she's my, got the gun on him. My, yeah, my second favorite dialogue. There's a scene where, and I'll tell you, it's about an hour and twenty two minutes into the movie. Um, she she's got uh, Mr. Bridges at gunpoint, and there's a scene where he talks about uh, what if what if I am a priest and you kill me? And she goes, I'd forgive myself. And it was just her line delivery was so perfect. That moment was really nice and quiet. And I, the thing I don't like is the movie is so caught up in this time shifting thing where somebody might die early on, and then we'll see more scenes with them because the way that they jimmy with the with the mm. structure to introduce each room, and it, it, it they you don't need to force that structure onto it. I don't. She think. doesn't. She's really the only character that, that isn't hiding something. Is that right? No, she's. I mean, what is she hiding? She probably she gave she gave into the pressures of that producer. Uh, and she probably let him have his way with her, and she's. But she's not. But that's the thing is that everybody else is pretending to be something they're not, except her. She's maybe that's not. why she's the one that comes out of it the best. Yeah, I mean everybody. Like, I don't mean to notice what is well hidden. <laughs> but, I'm uh, killing this. I mean, <laughs> what did you say? You said uh, it happens about one hour, hour and twenty two minutes, minutes into the movie. film so you actually have your time i've got all the notes. time codes i've got all my little time codes. i gotta do i gotta prepare and i mean i don't know how much people give a fuck about that though <laughs> i mean i'm just telling you i like how you try to disguise it by saying it's about one i mean i came fucking hour prepared. i'm prepared minutes. i'm prepared you should have said it's about one one hour into the film then you could have disguised your nerdiness the movie's too long by the way it is a little bit long i, yes. I think it's two hours and it's over two minutes. hours yeah it's too long i don't care but they have a whole post-credits thing with, uh, I mean, the whole post-credits thing is like, is like ten of those minutes. It's a it's into the Spider Verse. It's like a scene from that. Um, you know? Okay, so I, I, I'm going to go through these fucking time codes, and you can tell me what you think. I, are you talking about time code? Yeah, great movie. Song Hyatt Sa- killed is, it. Is it Steven Soderbergh film? No. Is it? I is it time else. code? Wait. No, it's. Who is it? It's not Soderbergh going to make this big of a failure. It's Mike Figgis. Is it Figgis? I think it's Figgis. 
Stellan getting hammered. He gets this. One one corner of the frame is Hayek getting ridden by by Mr. Skarsgård. Oh, not drunk. He actually gets like they're he, having sex. He, that's how they, I think they're making Alexander. <laughs> um, so five minutes and forty seven seconds into the film, we get to see Bo Bridges for oh, it's Jeff Bridges, but he looks like fucking Bo Bridges. He doesn't look like the Bo. first scene in the movie. He looks like Lloyd. He looks like Bo. Looks like Lo- Lloyd. Looks like his dad. He looks like, but there's one shot. He gets. He's a little amorphous looking, little bulbous, a little Bobby. Nobody looks like Bo, but Bo. It's good to know. The original. Is he the original Bridge? The Bridges boy. Of that he, group. He's the original Bridges boy. Yeah. He's oldest. Deadest. Bo did not die. Oh, I think about Lloyd. No, I know. There's Lloyd only died. two Bridges. Bo. I know, but I'm saying is Bo older than Jeffy is. Boulder. Bo, what if he wasn't? Holy fuck. You know how we should kick this off, this podcast? Let's just talk about Bo Bridges a lot. His ears are burning. Another <laughs> podcast talking about Bo Bridges. Um, the movie starts off, and I was I was excited because Ham, Ham is so charismatic and so much fun. Mm-hmm. And the scene where they're all checking into the hotel, he's he kills it. He kills yeah, it. Yeah, I and mean, that's, that's when he is his most, like... Um, yeah, I mean it's it's he's at his most uh, colorful, I guess, in a way. He's cert- his over the top, and you're kind of like, oh, this is kind of a strange performance, but it, it's it's a performance even for that character, obviously. So the it's uh, he's so good all the time. I think he's uh, amazing. It's a shame he's almost on the tail end of his youth. I mean, he is, but he's our age. I know. Why would you? I'm saying like, how could you? That's a guy who would get stunt casted like a bitch. Nowadays, like, oh, we need somebody to play, you know, Doctor Manhattan or whatever, you know. Oh, you mean if he would have hit a little earlier? Yeah, yeah. I but, just like that we are, have very similar looks about us, you know. I, Close. I like the fact that he made his name as a real actor. Mm-hmm. Like he was never cheesecake, you know. He was or beefcake in this case. Um, he was. I mean, Don Draper was a rich character that he had oh, developed yeah. before he broke. I think he in a. I think he, uh, in a way, I think he was an actor that had basically just, you know, as just an actor that tried to get roles for a long time and didn't, you know, just wasn't really, he was a working actor, but he wasn't in a lot of stuff. And all of a sudden he hit with that. Oh, you mean he has that in common with every, ever. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I think he, when you hear about, when you hear him talk about his friends, he's friends with all these like comedians and stuff. And like, he, like, and, and he, he. He must have been. All his friends were getting famous when he wasn't, and he's like, Dude, "What is it? What is it about me, man? I thought I was the man, and then he just he was. So his maybe his confidence was shook a little. Well, he kills it. Um, he's great, in, and he's got a great and Baby Driver too. He's great in everything. Killed it in, in the Day of the Orchard still. Um, so th- when they're checking into the hotel, he's doing all this thing. And do you remember what, when Dakota Johnson shows up? Mm-hmm. By the way, the weakest link in the story. She's not. She's not. Uh, she's great in this, and she's and I like her character. And I think she's actually a really good actress. I she's all right. I have she's not right. seen her in um, the big movies, the Fifty. Sh- yeah, I haven't watched those. You're a human. But I no. But I do find her uh, to be a really great. Uh, I just like her in movies, and I want to see Suspiria. Have you seen that yet? Not yet. Um, so. There's a moment where Ham is letting everybody sign in before him. Right, I remember. And you know why afterwards, because he's trying to get some info, but do you remember how he responds to her? No. Just tell me. In in like a really chip away, he goes, 
be my fucking guest. It's the first time the movie shows that kind of playfulness, mm-hmm. like, and, and he's the recipient. And then it kind of goes into that other sequence um, where he's debugging the phones, debugging his room. Sure, yeah, when and you see who he really is. And it starts off with him singing a little lullaby to his kid on the yeah. phone. It's an awesome scene. That's, yeah, but it's also when he drops the accent, right? Yeah, so but, right. But You start to realize that he was, yeah. He, well, once he starts debugging the room, you know, he's not a bad I mean, it's a, it's a thing that, obviously, movies do that a lot. There's characters kind of drop a persona but i think this movie does it really well um and i you know i like i just you know i like that about this movie i think it's you like things that are completely not subtle well it's not necessarily subtle but i you know there's things that are subtle that are that are in that movie i guess yeah the the end credits i think Um, maybe and then there's that big scene i guess this is the scene that he got hard over where he's doing the one take where Cynthia Revo is singing, and, and and then we find out that there's a corridor where they, they're secretly watching people. Yeah, but Bridges is digging in the. Well, that's late. That's later. It? Okay. That's because there's two scenes that they do like that. Right, right, right. There's the one where, um, John Hamm just is discovering everything. Sure, that's cool. And then and you, she's and singing. Everybody's yeah. and there's another one that he does it twice. I like the one in the. You're just going through your notes, but I like the one in the room when they're cir- the camera circling her and he's and they're right. trying to mask. His yeah, uh, hammer in the ground. It's a great scene, yeah. Although there's a shorthand between them that that was sort of rushed, like the way that they're working together. But it's a minor problem. Um, Not a problem. Tell you what, when she smashes with the glass, I almost I almost wee weed a little bit. A little whiz almost came out. Why? It scared. I just you. wasn't ready for it. Yeah. And I might have been like looking away or something because they were, I'm watching the scene. He's putting a, some sort of a narcotic in her drink, and then he gets smashed. I don't well, know. Well, I mean, a I guess in, came out. I guess it. in a way that. That's her. I guess if you're going to talk about a shift in who, it's almost like who we think she is, as opposed to, because it's like um, you think that she's going to be like the the, you know, she's the victim a little bit. She's the person that's not realizing what's going on. Right. She does know what's going on. I like that we're talking about big moments. Um, one of the little things I love about that scene is mm-hmm. there's a shot when Lewis Pullman is kind of reviving him mm-hmm. in the background by the jukebox. You see her shoes. Yeah. And then later on, like the next scene, you find, you see her step out of her shoes and sneak up on him. But it's just a neat little yeah. a neat little moment. Uh, and I know it's because of continuity and because he's doing this fragmented storytelling style. But I thought it was a really cool, really cool little thing to see. But she, she you know, she kills it. She's great. There's a, another moment that started off perfect. And then it, unfortunately they ruined it by adding to it. Okay. Uh, do you remember when they are um, when uh, Lewis Pullman's character is having a, he's intimating some of the things he's seen, some of the things he's seen that shocking things in his life and all uh-huh. that, and, and and he says, "I saw a man lay with a wolf once." Perfect end of scene, and then then unfortunately he goes he goes on, but what a great line! Well, how did he go on? I can't remember. He that just part. talks about the guy. He's got it in there. He's got it in the room. He lays with it all night. Blah blah blah. I think that was cool. I like that. It wasn't story. sexual, but it was. Uh, fuck it. I thought that was a cool. I would. It would have been better in my head if you just said, "I saw a man lay with a wolf once." End of scene. That's why you're recording a podcast and Drew Goddard's up there, crushing Breaking it in, in the box office, though. crushing it. Um, I like that. I thought that was a that was a good moment. Wish I took notes. Um, did you notice uh, one of the Christopher Hemsworth's henchmen looked just like Jonathan Tucker, but wasn't? I, d- I did not notice. That's fucked this. up, man. That's fucked up. How do you not get Jonathan Tucker? Almost, t- almost Jonathan Tucker. He's not. He's not busy. 
He's always busy. busy. He's always working. He was on. He showed up on Hannibal a couple a couple yeah. years Here's ago. Here's another thing. This is another thing that um, is not a little thing. It's a little thing in this film, uh-huh. but it's a little thing in almost every film ever made and every TV show ever You're made. You're talking about Killian Murphy. I'm talking about Shea Wiggum. I am convinced he's a CGI character. <laughs> he was in. Um, he just had a big role on that Homecoming show with Julia Roberts on Prime. There is no way one person could be in this many places that many times. Shea Wiggum is the first successful CGI character. He's not a real guy. Oh, he's like Sim One. He's better than. He's even better than Sim One. What was her name? Was her name Simone? Simone? Yeah, Sim better, one. even better. Was Sim- did you, was Pacino around him at all? Was Pacino? I mean, he's worked with everyone in Hollywood. But you know point. what I'm saying? Is Pacino like worrying over him? Maybe he is a CGI character. There is it? no way somebody could be. Shea Wiggum and and be a a meat a meat and bones man. He's just too everywhere. He is everywhere, and he shows up. He does show up quite a bit. The the thing that and the problem is, and here's another reason why I think he might be CG. They haven't changed the model since Boardwalk Empire. He looks the same. Same hair, same stubble. Um, now, I would be actually more impressed if he was a human. Mm-hmm. The fact that he knows exactly how he looked in Boardwalk Empire and is able to show up on set and not have any costume or hair designers exert their pressure onto him. Maybe he just does it. Yeah, maybe. Shea Wiggum is as Shea Wiggum is, motherfucker. Maybe you, he's got like a, what do they call that? And when you have a, what's the big CGI room? Like the green screen or the volume or something? Cap? Okay. It's called the volume or something. Neat. Something. Like it's a, the green screen. Maybe he just, he just shoots everything in his house and then he just... You know what I'm saying? Yeah, within like, a period of, of a month. That's you know, why like, it looks yeah, so it's like some musicians will send a tape. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the band is collaborating from afar. And uh, so Michael Stipe's like, I'll send you I'll send you the vocals, right? You'll get a zip drive in the mail. So Wig and he's like, maybe he's what what is it, agoraphobia, he can't leave the house. Maybe yeah. he's so good, but he can't leave his house, so they do it. They're like, Don't worry, we got you. Cover. Either that, you know how like some actors like will shoot an audition tape and mail it in. Mm-hmm. Can't be there for the audition. Maybe Shea Wiggum has a crew. Mm-hmm. Says, just tell me, like, send me pictures of all of the the scenes. I'll get a lookalike of Jeff Bridges to work on. Here's what happened: is that over a year time, he probably shot so much footage it wasn't even. It's just stuff that he improvised and made up, and they just they just buy pieces of it and insert it into the movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I have a feeling they write around in it. the future we're yeah. going to walk into Shea Wiggum's and watch Shea Wiggum in every role as Shea Wiggum. Make sure you keep saying his full name. Uh, he could have a bar, by the way, called w- like a, a like. Does he? Maybe he does. Wiggums. It's a great name for a bar. Uh-huh. It's like a Hooters for dudes or something. Like you know, everybody looks like Shea Wiggum. That's okay. The, instead of the. So, what are some other little moments about the movie that really struck you? Well, little it, moments. It's not like I said. Can't it's hard. This little. movie doesn't have a lot of little moments. It's like big tracking shots. You know, there's a and 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 of course he's he's also almost in every scene of the movie he's got a one or two movie stars so he's got to kind of give them their a lot two. of oneers. Oh yeah, a, what does that mean? Hey, you're an insider. A lot of oneers. What yeah. does that? What does it mean though? It's like a drug. I think that they take like a. Wonder. Um, the one of the memorable. You're talking about small moments, but one of the it's not a small moment. One of the memorable parts to me, most memorable, is when um, Lewis Pullman. What's his character's name? You you knew Miles Miller. Miles. Um, when you find out. Uh, why he keeps talking about his past and like how he's trying to get over it, what he exactly got over, which is well, that's he, that, he was a sniper, in the right? Movie. Right. That, yeah. that leads to where where I wanted the movie to go. What do you mean? 
Say it again. So the, say, say when I was more. watching that scene, uh-huh. which is late in the film, where we find out that he's killed 123 people and all this, I, I thought it was going someplace, and I would have been much more content. Because the movie has already established itself as sort of fantastic. Not fantastic, but it's heightened. Right. So it's sort, of, it's sort of a fairy tale in a way. Mm-hmm. Actually, it reminds me of a Wayne Kramer movie a little bit. Think about like, um, what, Running Scared or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, he, does he still work? I hope. Oh, he's always making those guitars. I think that's what keeps him busy. But um, and the, you know, um, but uh, and plus he divorced. He got divorced. You heard about that? Huh? Kramer yeah. versus Kramer. Yeah. Um, and he was on getting the residual checks from Seinfeld. Yeah, killing it with the hair. Um, so there, that scene where he's basically confessing that he was this, you know. Okay, yeah. so here's. So you what, didn't like the confession? No, I liked where it was going. Did you want him to be a killer, like a serial killer or something? No, I loved the track it took. That was mm-hmm. one of the more interesting tangents that the movie goes on. But here's what I was thinking. Okay, so we've established that this hotel is a covert. Oper- there's a covert operation going on. Right. Ham is there. He's got his covert operation, but he finds other bugs. So there's obviously another covert operation there's this piece of film that they find that's got some mysterious person uh doing something so you're assuming it's jfk yeah probably jfk well Uh, they they, i don't think they really hide they don't well no because i read somebody said it might be martin luther king or whatever well one thing that they do in that movie that's similar to like maybe tarantino with pulp fiction and the briefcase and the what's in the briefcase That's kind of what they do with the film here. It's, it's like, what's on the film? What is right. it? Who is it? Yeah. But here's the thing. Okay, so that's fine. Here, I mean, the movies are about that. Um, <laughs> Thank you. But so he sees a sniper in the early, early stages of Vietnam. He's killed a lot of people. He's oh. working for this probably some sort of a front. Why don't they make him the guy that killed Kennedy? Because he looks a little bit like Lee Harvey Oswald, mm-hmm. which makes him a great Patsy-like comparison. He's a sniper. That might have been JFK on that on that film. If you you've already strained reality, take that extra step, put him at the scene, give that give that little kind of oh aha moment, and then you've got the fucking CIA element. I love it. No man, that's that's awful. No, what what's awful is where it went because no, then it, that's good. He gets up in a battlefield and then he's at the hotel. No, and then he then he he. He takes care of business. He's he's the he's the hero for a second there, but uh, no, that doesn't. And I'm then loses that. obviously loses his soul completely. No, but the, the interesting part of that dude's story is that what is happened between the end of his time in the war and what got him to that hotel. That's sure. the most interesting. part. I'm sure part. that's interesting, but not the way. I mean, I don't want him to. I mean, that's could be. I love the go no, watch go watch that Amazon show if you want to watch more of that shit. I love that show, Franco. No, but uh, I bookmarked they, it. I mean, that was the rails that it was on, and I would not be surprised if he had that idea at some point. It's just, it's just too, it's just too. The much. movie's already there. Then it becomes just about that. I no, because I mean, I mean, you got to, no. you got to no. piss poor Charles Manson surrogate. I mean, he's way too charismatic. You can ask. You said you wanted audience participation and ask people to vote to see if you, uh, if they listen to the show, if they think your idea is good, and and we hey. could put two options up: no, and then. Well, here's the thing: no if order. we get everybody who saw the movie to vote, it'll be a binary vote. <laughs> the. Um, anyway, I, 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 don't, I wanted it. I wanted it big time. It's not good. That's not a good idea. But, I mean, you're thinking. I like that you're thinking. Keeping it loose. Very loose. And Goddard kept it tight. Yeah, I mean, it's just... I, if this and I comes, love the whole scene. I love the whole... Everything that happens out. I love that uh, that he confesses to... Uh, he confesses his sins to, to Bridges. You're becoming a, a softie. I, well, I'm not becoming a softie. Because the movie... I mean, there's so much... <laughs> and just, you are a softie, too. What are you There's so much about? violence... 
And it's so life is so cheap in that thing. I don't even give a shit at that point. You should. These are all broken pieces of shit, except for a Revo. Then, then, then Drew Goddard. And those two sisters are Drew, dog shit characters. Drew Goddard did not do his job. If you don't care, of course they're not dog shit characters. And you don't care about Bridges' character in this. Well, the thing is, come on. This is not a spoiler, obviously. The guy's about to die anyway. So it, he had so many opportunities. He looks healthy at the end, doesn't he? He's going to die. He's on his last... He wasn't supposed to survive prison. There's a line in the film where the doctor doesn't think he's going to make it. But looks pretty good at the end. He looks great. He's dapper, dude. Maybe he's uh, found a new lease on life. Maybe that mon- all the money he got bought him uh, a magic pill. He got, he got his crank replaced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, anyway... I hope they don't wind up together. That's dumb. I don't think they will. Um, it's no, and it's a it's a solid movie. It's just not. It's not. I think it'll grow on you a little bit. It we'll, won't. Re, we'll revisit it. We'll watch it together after this and come back and do another. No, it's we'll get, not. You get your retake already. What is it? What do you think, Nick? This time around? No. But you own it now, so why not? Well, it doesn't mean have to watch it. Dip I, back into it in a couple months. See how you feel. I own Tremors too. <laughs> Did you whisper it? <laughs> It's a shameful whisper. No, I think I think it's a it's a moderate it's a moderate movie. It's, I'm, it, it's very I, forgettable. I'd put it up there with I'd probably I put it up there with my, my, one of my favorites of last year. Is it last year? Or last year? Yeah, now of course it is. It is. Yeah. Um, and it's a movie that grew on me. I really really like it. Um, I think people should take a chance and and see it. No one saw it. I, yeah, if you're just about to go into film school. And no, and, and no, you've seen six films. You're going to love it. Nobody else. By the way, there's no way it was going to make money, right? There's just there's no way the title right there. Awful title. I like the title, but that's a, that's an unwieldy title. And a lot of times, I I imagine the title is is sometimes hooks people, and don't, this one's not going to hook people. Like yeah. you know, the other title I always think of is One Night at McCool's. Marcy May Marceline or whatever. Uh, that, Magdalene just, or whatever. It's a cool title, but it's not going to hook. There's a lot of movies with shitty titles. I mean, there's dick. There's so many dick movie names. So dumb. What's the catch? What's the tagline to this film? I don't think there's one. There's got to be. I think it's you're gonna piss. You took all those notes, (laughs) and you didn't. You didn't take. Maybe the title is the tagline. Wait, hold on. Hold on here. I really hope it's not limbo, because fuck that. Fuck allegory. Here we go. All roads lead here. Oh, my God. And Hemsworth on the poster front and center. Smart. That is uh, with with kind of his open shirt. He's. You know what? Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, I'm it's not a, I'm not homosexual, but that torso is knocking. Um, I like the poster. They have a couple posters. The one that just features the, the kind of the hotel name is really a cool poster with the with the names of the um, uh, the cast above it. Cool. You don't like anything I say. Why'd you invite me on the show? <laughs> I also like the fact that I like the trailer a lot. Okay, so summarizing. It's a cool here. poster. It's fun. They have character posters. That's kind of cool. And I'm tired of that phenomenon. Why? Because I think you, that's something you have to earn. I don't need character posters oh for God. fucking Aladdin. You know, <laughs> I don't need character posters for. Fucking Lady Bird. What about Kaylee Spaney's? Do you want me to buy that? What a fucking nightmare. Want to buy that? You don't yeah. like her in it? She's all right. She's generic. Um, you know, and the thing is, Drew Goddard is obviously talented. 
He's yeah. a good, he's a very good writer. He has he has a lot of ideas. I just and you heard about this like you hear about the script for this thing. And people loved it. No, no, no. It's not what I'm saying. The people script, were excited about. They it. had to. Re- there was a bidding war. He tried to get a bidding war going for it. Mm-hmm. So they had iPads with the script on it that they had to return. They had to read it right there and then return it. So business as usual, basically. Because this fucking script was so crackerjack. Well, people love the script. That was a big property because it was an original. It's kind of an original idea script. People, it's like a. I think that's what I had heard. That, Back in my day. Well, people liked the idea that it was like this kind of original, or at least. It wasn't like a sequel. It wasn't based on anything else. It was just an original like movie, and that that was based on, um, uh, you know, other every Wayne Kramer film. No, it was uh, what's the other? What were you talking about? What's the movie? It kind of reminded John Hersfeld, us every John Hersfeld movie. No, it reminded me. It reminded you of the John Cusack movie Identity. It does remind every me James of that. Mangold it movie. It does remind me of that movie and Vacancy because they have both feature motels. Oh, so, <laughs> so does Psycho. So does Motel Hell. But so both of those movies are very stylish as so well. So does Selma briefly. What are, oh yeah, Psycho. It didn't remind me of Psycho. No Country has great hotel stuff in it. Um, yeah. It Drive has a great hotel scene. Drive? Yeah, the scene where Miss uh, Knockers gets shot at. She doesn't just get shot at. She got shot, she got shot apart. She does not enjoy. No. Um, so, okay, so little moments. Like I said, I like the keys. Christina Hendricks you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, what I call her? Miss Arend? Um, no, you called her knockers something. I don't remember. I forgot her name. Uh, so Christina I went by... Hendricks, Jimmy's kid, Liam's kid. <laughs> He's a pitcher for the Cubs. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, there's, this. This is a, this is actually you want to get challenged when you're doing a, a concept podcast because uh, we're going to do some movies that are all little moments. You mm-hmm. know, like uh, some of our favorites that we're going to go into over the years. So. But this one is a very difficult one to start with. Doesn't make it wrong. We had a fun time. It was interesting. Um, to us, it was very interesting. Yeah, and honestly, you know, I can't fully recommend the movie. I really, I was really grinding it the last probably thirty minutes. I was you don't have to. I'll do it. You guys go see this one. I think it's really great. Download it or buy the Blu-ray. You said it's coming out. The when end you of the say month. download, you mean legally download? Yes, legally. And um, or come over. We'll yeah. watch it. Nick's got it. Yeah. Make us, um, a, make us a couple of drinks, sit here and fucking grab each other's ass like, a little we'd bit. We'd like some friends, actually. Can we, um, can we ask for friends? Is that is that something people on podcasts do, ask for friends? Can we get some friends? Yeah. So <laughs> so before we go to the next little mini segment here, yeah. Um, this move, uh, this podcast is arriving on January 29th of the year. Okay. It's a few celebrities born on that day. Okay. When I say celebrities, I mean the big ones. Yes. Sarah Gilbert. Oh, has a resurgence of late. What's your favorite of her on performances? The, on the Connors. Well, she, of course, Darlene on the on Roseanne is her I've most famous. I've never seen her in my life. I actually went to high school with someone who dated her when we were in high school. Like, went to camp. She was there. They were rich kids, I guess. And he dated her. What did you mean by dated? Well, I don't know anything beyond that, but he bragged about it. And she was already on Roseanne, I believe. Please That's tell how me his last name was. was Sullivan. No, she His last name was Zion. Oh. Hey, what? Okay, so that's. But let me ask you this: I, I, other than what has she been in other than Roseanne? I don't Sarah care. Gilbert. I don't know. I don't. I don't need to know her. She's been in the movies. I don't give a fuck. She's dumb. She's not dumb. It's also Tom Selleck's birthday. Today is Tom Selleck's birthday. If you're listening to this day and date. T.S. I think we can. Great writer too. 
What um? What's your favorite Tom Selleck uh, role besides? Can how- I can I show my lack of class and nerdism? It's either an Innocent Man. What's that? Or Quigley Down Under. Well, Quigley Down Under was fun. I, I know, but it does it. not. Those, those aren't sexy choices. What's the Innocent Man? An Innocent Man is the movie where he is sent to prison because he's innocent, and David Ra- <laughs> David Rashi is the villain. Yeah. And there's a hot brunette who's his wife. Who looks? She's that actress who. Tom was, Selleck. She's that hot actress who looked like every other hot actress at the time. Tommy Selleck. She was a brunette. She looked like not. She had a face. Tommy Selleck. She was like she had a square face. She's kind of cute. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> um, let we'll me, have to, you have to. We'll have to look her up. I haven't even heard of this movie. Okay, so I saw it in the theater more than once. What so the premise is? Tom Selleck. Uh, uh, get, he 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 takes the fall for a crime. He goes to jail. Okay. David Rashi is the villain. Tell, tell me who David Rashi is. Sledgehammer. Oh, I love him. Yeah, he's great. And so while Selleck is in prison, David Rashi's got plans, and he has to make it in prison and get out. It's really it's a, it's I love it. I love that movie. I, I'm sure, I haven't watched it since. Is it similar to Lockdown? I'm gonna no Lock Up. Lock Up. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say it came out in ninety or ninety one. I see the poster here. Yeah. Um. It says the tagline is "All roads lead here." <laughs> um, the Le- Layla Robbins? No, she's the woman. Then um, she was the wife in *Planes, Trains, and Automobiles*. I or well, no, is that right? That's not the actress I'm thinking of. I hope. You said you saw it a couple times. Squarehead Brown. MC Ganey in the house. Is Squarehead Brown in it? That's who you're thinking of, man. Okay, she's not who I thought she was. There's like one woman in this cast. Okay, well, it's not um, called but, innocent woman. But um, let me give you a little. Let me give you a little taste of F. Murray. F. Murray in there. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a he's the guy in the prison who's hardened, who gives him he becomes his mentor. Todd Graff in there. He's in a the, lot of prison from the movies. Abyss. Yep. MC Ganey, I mentioned. Um, I don't really recognize any of these other guys. David Rashi is one of those actors who should have a bigger career. Because he's good in everything he does. He was great in Burn After Reading. Yeah, and he's great. He's, he's super funny. He's got a great style, and he yep. can do drama. Yeah, he's great. He's he's and he's you know he's I guess he had a bad agent because that guy was just fucking nails. He's he's still working, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he, him and Henry Zerny must have the same agent. Which you know, so you okay? What about Runaway? Isn't that a Tom? Yeah, Selleck? no, that's a, yeah. That, Gene that's Simmons, a, that's Tom a Gene Selleck? Simmons movie that happens to feature Tom Selleck. Yeah, and. uh Cynthia Rhodes or Cynthia? I think Cynthia Rhodes is the girl in it. Okay. Um, what about um? What do you think? People always talk about his mustache. Do you think he's leaned on a little bit too much? Yeah. What's yeah, but it's a fucking night. It's it's amazing. How far along are you into Blue Bloods? Are you watching Blue Bloods? I haven't gotten through the first credits. <laughs> he's on Blue Bloods. He's mustacheless, right? Is he? Yeah. That's what. That's the kind of thing that was weird. Is that he's one of those actors that when they show up without the mustache, it's horrifying. And that happened in um, that happened in uh, Justified when they cast Sam Elliott, right? And then he showed up without a mustache. Like, who the fuck is this guy? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like, like, why? I, would I almost you... felt like I need to avert my eyes, like he's naked. That's like that's like a cowboy show. They. They they cast Elliot. It must have been a nightmare where they're like, "We got him," and he's like, "I got a great idea, guys. I'm gonna shave it, like your head, no the stash." It's like oh, Jennifer fuck. Lopez. They couldn't say no. That's how you know that he had the most power on that set as he mm-hmm. shaved that mustache. Third third biggest celebrity whose birthday is Paul Ryan. <laughs> so 
Um, Paul Ryan went to my uh, alma mater, by the way. He was a little older than me. We should, um, we should change the name of this. Uh, we should na- rename this podcast to Justin Drops a Name. <laughs> what if I? What if that was? I was dropping a name of Paul. I dropped Paul Ryan's name. He's a fucking piece of shit. Like I would not care. I don't want him to be a. I don't want to go to the same school. He. I can't go back in time. Um, I mean, let's do a little from the cuff. Newly retired, by the way. A new little, a little from the cuff. We're gonna each name two movies completely spatter. You know, completely just stammer it out. Completely spatter. And then we're gonna both name a couple of things we little moments of it that either we love or hate. And this is a. This is just. I mean, I really want. I mean, I don't want it to. We're not trying to make a joke. I'm just. I want it to. Okay. Kind of, okay. Yeah. A joke's. I'm not going to be able to think of a movie. No, that's what's going to happen here. It could be anything. I know. It could be... Nervous. It could be The Rose with Bette Miller. Don't do that. I didn't see it. What okay. if you didn't see it? Then we would not use that. Okay. Uh, do you go first? Oh, then? my God. All right, I'm going to do an, an easy one. Breakfast mm-hmm. Club. Why? Now, why would you just... Why did you think of Breakfast Club? Is there a reason? An image of Paul Gleason appeared in my head. <laughs> I'm serious. Um, and Ali Sheedy. I don't know why. what movie. What so then? The, and you're asking me what do I like, remember? So like, yeah. Okay, we're well, not going to do a whole episode to that theoretically. So well, let's we say could, oh, we definitely could. I could talk about the movie forever. I mean, the big draw for me in those movies, and I love those movies, the John Hughes movies. Back when I was a kid, they meant a lot to me, and I haven't really seen them for a long time. But um, you know, I just love Anthony Michael Hall a lot in those movies. Then you, then you always kind of yeah. like relate to his character. Like I just thought no. his character was super funny. Like he was just a funny. I loved him in Weird he, Science. I, he was the audience avatar. I but think, I, in that I just, movie. I just always thought he was so uniquely funny in like in Weird Science and this and in uh, Sixteen Candles. Um, that's probably why I saw that film, just because he was in it. Um, and it's a high school movie, and it's about outcasts, right? So, um, I guess I love Paul Gleason. I mean, he's he's like the hero of that film in a way, and because the kids are very annoying and. Um, the little moments, I guess I remember um, uh, the part. I thought, I guess one of the things that is very memorable to me, and I'll wrap it up, is Emilio Estevez talking about his dad and like how he is like just pushing him on, pushing, getting, motivating him, and how he just feels so lost and like, uh, yeah. and, and and that I thought that, I mean, of all the great Emilio Estevez moments don't in hate history, on, don't hate on Emilio. Uh, that is a pretty good, a pretty good performance. So that's when I think about it, just off the top, I think of that. Um, and what's a bad and moment? And the dandruff what, with the, the dandruff with is Ali Sheedy is very memorable. What, what's, what's, what's a bad you... moment of that film? Um, I I don't know. Like the, the Judd Nelson, I used to like. I think I thought that was a next level performance when I was young. Yeah, it's like this is wow. This blows my mind. He this guy's see, the coolest. And that's when you. I think that's what I was referring to when you watch it now. It's very hard to take some of the the kids in that movie. It's, it's so heightened and it, it is and, and Hughes was really good at capturing like kids like I think uh, in a way they're like, all archetypes that have been blown way out of proportion um, but his his maybe his performance hasn't aged uh, yeah. but he's also like he's also just as messed up as everybody Nick you know? well that's he's the thing is like on a super you watch the movie as an adult and that is a fucking loser well if it, but it feels like a of course but it feels like a wish fulfillment for the director where it's this guy who is so misunderstood but really cool and then he gets the he gets the girl he gets the he gets the cool girl or the the girl that's out of his reach at the end you know it's just like it just feels a little bit too on the nose and i think hughes a lot of times like in 16 candles 
there's a lot of troubling moments in that film. Uh, I think the further you get away from some of those films, the yeah. the worse they get. A little uh, rapey, is that? Yes. Um, so I guess that's is that is this good? Did I do a good job? I don't know. I don't know. Um, oh, yes, you, you know it's so, and also Judd Nelson does not seem like a high schooler in that movie in any way, shape, or form. But um, the uh, the little moment I hate is when he spits and catches it. That just has always grossed me out. He shoots his phlegm up in the air and catches it in his mouth. And that's Nelson? Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think one of the little moments I love, and it's so funny that they cast Emilio Estevez as a jock. They yeah. fucked up. I yeah. mean, I know he's a wrestler, which is like you can have that body type. Yeah, he's like stocky, sure. But, but uh, it's so funny. But I, I love, I love the, 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 when him and Nelson square off, there's like two hits, me hitting you, you hitting the floor. Mm-hmm. That always made me laugh. And for some reason... Um, it was Paul Gleason doing the horns. Two weeks, I got you. That, mm-hmm. and then John Kapalos, the guy who plays the uh, custodian. The yeah. Like that little moment where he he basically encapsulates reality to those kids, like comparing like his mm-hmm. life to their kids, you know. And he was a big deal in high school, and it was so it was so rewarding to me because I I had a problem with people at high school um, not realizing or not having perspective on how unimportant it kind of really was. Mm-hmm. And I love that little thing. It was kind of like a badge. I like, um, I think Gleason gives a really great performance. I mean, he's in that movie. He's really great. Yeah, in and that he movie. died way too young. He did. Yeah. And he, he was always kind of that character. Wasn't he in die? Was he in die hard? Too? Yeah. Yeah. He was kind of always, yeah he, yeah, he was, he was always, but that. he was always great. And he was in like a, a couple movies. There's a he, movie where he approaches somebody on bleachers. I remember that. Is it Breakfast Club? No, it was like he he's he, he confronts somebody on bleachers. It might be another four data. I don't remember what it is, but um, he has a great look. Gleason, yeah. timeless, mm-hmm. and he's great on the honeymooners. Different, different one, different Gleason. Uh, okay, give me a movie. And he was great in um, he was great as Dom Hall's dad. Okay, can you um Tron? Oh, the movie. Yeah, that's uh, mine for you. Oh shit. Um, is that is that good? My favorite character in that movie. My favorite thing about that movie is mm-hmm. Sark. The, the the whitehead David Warner, so I, you know. I, but isn't he also like he at the end he's the he's the digital whitehead? Is that what? They, I guess it's his manifestation or whatever. But I just um, I think I had seen that movie either right after Time After Time, which was probably my favorite movie ever for five years. He's fantastic, and that he's great amazing. in Time Bandits. He's amazing in Time Bandits. He's amazing in the Star Trek. He's a, another like Omen. He's always good. Yeah. I was thinking about him. He's still alive, mm-hmm. and I was thinking this guy is another one who. Uh, how did he not make his way into the Harry Potter movies? Like that guy yeah. was perfect for that stuff. Yeah. But um, anyway, so yeah, like so so how uh, how intimidating he was. I just remember him as a villain. It was such a strong villain, and so that could have, could have been Ron. Ron Weasley. Okay. So that's something that sticks out to me as a like the little thing, seeing him in the, like in the corporate world, kind of that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. where he's. Sort of not in charge, but he's kind of got that you know nefarious thing. And then when you see him empowered, that was like kind of neat. He didn't show up in the sequel, right? Like the Tron Legacy, did mm-hmm. he? No, that's too bad. Because because Bridges was the villain. But still, it's too bad that they didn't. Did they they must have made reference to him at some point. I don't remember. I don't think I really ever saw Tron Legacy. I love that movie. Yeah, a lot Unreserved. of people kind of like it. But do you like it just because the visual is so great and the music? The music's amazing, but is it in 4K? Because I won't watch it if it's not. And remember, I'm a Garrett Headland guy. So I love that guy. Um, All right. So what about you with Tron? (laughs) You got to give me more than this. You're supposed to do Tron. 
You give me a little bit more than that. You just like Sark? No, I, well, I mean that's little. That's a little thing. All right, my favorite. Because if I say, "Hey, that light cycle chase," it kind of defeats the concept. Well, that's the thing is that that's what really hooked me about that movie was. I love those bikes. Obviously, everybody did, but I liked the big bohem, like the big clampy oh, yeah, things that floated. That yeah. was like my favorite, like ship design. I love those things. Like I thought that was such they a. They were cool... a little Maximilian esque, and they from exactly, Black Hole. and they didn't really. Did they have Tron toys? Like, did they? Do of course, it? they did. They had the they action were, figures. Were, yeah, they were great. But did they, 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 they have had the... toys? Yeah, because those things, and I know that they... the action figures were great because, especially for you, because they were fun to chew on. Oh, they, did they come with removable discs? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, um, I liked. I thought the whole thing, and what what I thought was neat about the movie was, it's one of those movies that lent itself to video games, like obviously, and then the video game was great. Well, remember if I remember right, it was the rare instance where they actually were designed the video game early, because a lot of times it's too late to capitalize on a film success mm-hmm. or lack of success in Tron's case. With a video game. Like, I was thinking about this recently. They really shit the bed with Venom. I guess nobody thought it was going to be successful because there was no toys. There was no video game. No, they, I think that they were. They had to be shocked that that movie hit. Yeah. Because they were... It, it was almost like they were embarrassed about it. Yeah. There's so few examples of, of a movie video game working. Uh-huh. Um, but the best... Like, actually, Demolition Man was kind of a good game on the 3DO when it came out. I don't remember. Um, that E.T. game wasn't so good. I just always liked... I, like, I remember... I get so excited, like I, when, like, and we're this is how old we are. When Labyrinth came out, and the Labyrinth game came out, I got it. Or like Goonies, I got the Goonies game, and it was like it was always so like you were trying to make you had to use your imagination. You had to try to make the so game much. work. Like yeah. you're like, I hope you're trying to make it like the movie and get that feeling back, but you could never get. No, there. it's like that block. I'm gonna pretend for, that block is David Bowie. But for Tron, and even like. It well, just, the arcade game was flat out a masterpiece. It was, and it's like they had two. Ver- they had like one that was just discs of Tron. Right? Yeah, that was okay. But then they had one that was like all f- the four Mini different games, games yeah. and they were very all... much like that Journey game that was awesome too. Journey the, Escape. Yeah, they were all great. They, all those games were just. I just remember just playing it so much and and loving it. And then I also loved Tron. Just the look, the whole look of Tron was so cool. It was a, it was a it feast, was cool yeah. back then. Yeah, like yeah. It was, and well, that's why Legacy I think works is because it's as successful. Look wise in this modern yeah. era, as that was in that era, and Bridges is like he's such a great, like charismatic. He's all, yeah. I mean, yeah. Headland's obviously the best, but yeah, Bridges is good too. <laughs> Olivia uh, Wilde. Um, so okay, give me another movie, or is it? Wait, no, it's my, your turn. My I turn. Guess, yeah. um, we doing two each, I guess. Yeah, I said. I can't. I can't keep track of this new podcast. What we're doing? Uh, we'll just do one. We can. Or we could do two. I, I'm all for talking about Monument movies. Avenue. <laughs> such a t- <laughs> Dennis Leary's in it. Yeah, no. Uh, no. Actually, on long a similar line because we'll never do, we'll never do a podcast for this. Let's sleepers. You love sleepers. I'm not. I'm not, I never liked sleepers that much. I don't say this. You don't have to like. I didn't like bad times. The El Royale that much. I'm just saying. But there are moments in the movie. There are specific I don't moments. That much about sleepers. Give me okay. The cast of that is Billy, Billy Crudup, Ron Eldard, Kevin Bacon. He's in it as well. Kevin Bacon plays a good guy. Brad Pitt, Jason Patrick. Brad Pitt, Jason Patrick, Mini Driver. Okay. Who uh, else plays the bad? Jesus movie? Christ, is that not enough? Brad, who else plays besides Kevin Bacon? Who plays the good guy? Well, there, uh, Jason Patrick, Mini okay. Driver, what Robert will, De Niro. What I will say about the Dustin Hoffman is it is it was people were like this is gonna this movie's gonna be the shit and it it did it did not it wasn't that great. I love it. There's a the what the reason that they got they went to prison is they they 
there was and I don't remember it that well. There's a hot dog vendor or something. That, what, what happens? Like what, that's why that's a, that's the crime that they committed when they so, were kids. So let's that, talk. That, let's talk. Tell me about this. So the, the premise is that there's this, and I love I love movies that are period movies, and it is kids. based on a true story, correct? Theoretically, but Lorenzo Carcatero, whatever his name is, yeah. th- th- there's people that were skeptical about how real it was. Oh, what uh, the plot thickens? Yeah. he lied about this stuff. Maybe he played like a James Gray. Or was that that? What's the guy? The James Frey? Shattered Glass? No, no, the uh, guy that wrote the, the Oprah Million Little Pieces. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> you would. I can't wait to talk about James <laughs> Frey. That he he later wrote the fragments or the what's it called? I am number four. Or oh, was, it, was I, that what it's called? I don't know. Remember? Um, so the premise is that at, when these kids were growing up back in the streets on the hard streets in New um, York City, yeah, and I love that stuff. I love period stories with kids like that. Mm-hmm. Like the, I love it. So anyhow, Carrie. I get it. That's my joke, but I will steal your jokes. Um, so they they play a prank. They they steal this 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 hot dog vendor's thing, yeah. and they accident like they it goes too far and, and it goes it falls on the steps and hurts somebody. It falls on maybe it, it kills them. I don't remember. It must kill them, right? But they, but so what they're doing is they're sent to this institution where they're molested by Kevin Bacon. Molested. Is that what the? Is that the? Is that how they? Uh, and there's another famous person. Is that, that they advertise? There's another before they were famous person who's in that scene too. Shea Wiggum. <laughs> before they were digital, um, yeah, and he hammers the shit out of their their private parts. And that you know he gets. And he, so there's young actors in it, and then there. Yeah, and they, there was a cup. I think Brad Renfro might have been one of them. I think he was Brad Renfro. Renfro got to be in there. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah, he died. Very okay. died. Um, and there's another kid who's the, the, good kid, good kid actors, and the kid who plays the young Jason Patrick is phenomenal. I don't think he ever became anything. And then, so then, what happens is all of their lives were affected by it. Lou Ferrigno Jr. Yeah, is that who it was? Yeah, and senior, <laughs> and the third. Um, but all they're like, so um, Billy Crudup and Ron Eldard have gone on to become thugs. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert De Niro, I'm sorry, uh, Jason Patrick and um, Brad Pitt um, have uh, have moved on into somewhat successful careers. I think Brad Pitt's in the legal world or something like that, and Patrick's a writer or something like that. Okay. And then Minnie Driver is kind of the tie that bond binds oh, yeah. them. She's the Beverly Marsh character in this mm-hmm. story, I guess. And and then De Niro is the priest who kind of is their confidant, and Dustin Hoffman, I think, is a lawyer. I don't remember exactly. So what happens is is Eldard and He's in a bar, and Eldard walks into a bar. You know that joke, and and he sees Kevin Bacon all old up now. He's older now, mm-hmm. eating quietly, and he realizes who he is. And they destroy him. They kill him. They kill him. And so it was basically about these guys trying to get them off the hook for their crime, right. and also to purge all this. Oh right, they're on trial for the murder of that guy. Okay, you know, and, and it, you're right. It's it's not. Well, this there's is nothing I new. The movie's very familiar. The whole movie feels like a like a cover of a who directed it, Barry, Barry Levinson? Levinson. Yeah, um, this is what I don't like about it. Is it's just they don't get to come. It's a it's a movie about napping. <laughs> why do they call it sleepers? Because like they're trying to like forget their past or something. Why is it sleepers? I, I don't remember if there's ever ever brought up. So is I, think, that, I think they thought the movie wasn't going to be successful. Is that the name of their kid gang or something? Where the sleepers? You know, hey. Maybe so. Maybe yeah, the barbershop quartet. Yeah, knock down the hot dog carts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they then, were. I think they were a barbershop. They quartet were called the, called the sleepers. You're shitting me. Kevin Bacon's inside me. 
<laughs> before they <laughs> gonna grow up to be Eldard. <laughs> are you serious? Are you? Ser- I'm no. I'm making that part up. I don't think they were barbershop quartet. <laughs> Sorry, but and I and I am a huge Jason Patrick fan. I know because he's the fucking bland. No, he is not bland. He is. He's. He's got something. He's what got has he so- got? That something that he, he says is, no to script. There is like this amazing. Then he does speed no, too. There is this amazing. He's got this amazing comic timing on good looks. Like he's got these great. He's a great looking guy. Now that, when he had his hair, and he um, and he and he's got this great comic timing buried under this intensity mm-hmm. that I really just think is unique to you him. Like after dark, my sweet. It's fine, but um, but you watch Rush. You watch. Um, uh, losers, you watch Narc, you watch uh, Lost Boys. I mean, that no, guy. You, you watch. <laughs> you watch Speed Two. Uh, uh, I do watch Lost. No, Boys. and what's the, what's the? There's another one that it's like a, a classic with him in it. The fuck. Losers. I already said that. Oh, Jason Patrick. Yeah. Oh, your friends and neighbors. Like that guy is is so good. He's but he his his the thing that was so funny about him is that he really is was known for saying no, but he still did so much shit. Like he did terrible shit. What do you say? Certainly. No? Well, he was known for being picky. Oh, okay. But then would do speed too. Yeah, you know, I mean, I he's. He but fu- I th- he but fucked up. He he did. He isn't did. he related? By the way, isn't he related to Jackie Gleason? Am I wrong? Yeah, I think he might. I no, think, Keith Coogan. No, no, that's Jackie. I think he's You're, related to Jackie. Well, Gleason. Jason Miller is his dad. Well, who? What about Campbell Scott? He's related to Gregory George, George, George C. C. Scott. But no, it's Jason Patrick's related. to I think Jack you're right, Gleason. but he's also related to Jason Miller, the po- playwright from the Exorcist. I don't know this. Yeah, oh, the guy who okay. oh, really? Father Karras is his dad. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. And that's why um, they did a uh, they revived that championship season, the play that Jason Miller wrote. Kiefer, him, oh, fucking Jim Gaffigan. It was like an all star thing that they did this play i wanted they to see cast it. handsome people i wanted to go t- i wanted to go to new york to see them perform yeah. this play well you met jason patrick i did i played blackjack with him well and holt mcelaney who's name dropping now <laughs> you started I actually helped you with that so uh, and hold anyway you- little moments and sleepers okay well i don't have any but uh, speaking of little moments kevin bacon had some little moments but i i love um I, I, I don't know why. I had a huge crush on Mini Driver in this movie. I don't know why. And I remember there's a scene where they kind of, they all like embrace at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was spe- really something really special about that. But the thing I like is uh, there's there's a few moments with all the kids together that are truly legitimately too good for the movie. Like there's some moments, if you, re- if you were to rewatch this film, I know you don't want to, but if you were to rewatch this movie, mm-hmm. there are some truly special moments that they execute with those kid actors they executed feels, those kids it feels like a, a like a remarkable movie at times and i think that's why i forgive a lot of the problems with it well you don't think you don't really see problems with it i thought you no, i mean it. it's generic it's it's on rails you know levinson levinson doesn't work anymore huh he tries i think he did the bay didn't he hell yeah he did <laughs> but you know that's what i was thinking about zemeckis comparing him to what a fucking job well, he's done this year well <laughs> zemeckis is one although of those... flight is great I, I he did do he directed flight yeah so, he's and he's he's got he's got a pass for life contact i know that's what i'm and, saying i love him but i'm just saying that he's made so many he's made some back-to-back failures like he did this and uh he did uh, uh welcome to Marwin, which is a failure i guess and then What's the one before it? Uh, the Walk, 
with yeah uh, we just had this talk we did, just talked about this on the last podcast well i'm just saying that yeah he how does he keep i guess they were like oh zemeckis will just let him do what he wants yeah he's there well, and honestly he's like i saw a documentary i want to make it into a fictional film is that his mo yeah so but that guy's got a pass for life I mean, I, I'm not even a big Back to the Future guy. I, they're, they're fun. Mm-hmm. And the first one was really seminal. But Contact. Um, I, know, I know. What's the other? There's another one. Is oh, that, Castaway. Yeah. Those are like bucket list movies for me. Yeah. I mean, is it, and he did, uh, did that movie. What that, Lies Beneath. I know he did I that. I like it. Yeah. What else did he do? He did. Uh, Roger he, Rabbit. Yes. He's, I mean, he's, he's been. Con- he did, did he do Dead Movies with Bet? With. What's her name? Death Becomes Her? Yeah. Did he do that? I don't remember. I don't think he did. Okay. Did uh, give me another movie. Last one. <sighs> um, how about A League of Their Own? Because Penny Marshall just died. Which is awful. Um, I like that movie. I've only seen it a couple of times. I Little you moments. You don't like that? You don't like my idea here? You know, it's funny. The only things I really remember about it are the generic. Like her doing the split to catch the ball and there's no crying in baseball. Madonna. She's a tough guy in it, right? Yeah, Rosie O'Donnell up in there. By the Jay way, one Davis, of the... Davis, Lori Petty. Come on now. Um, so here's one of the movies I wanted... You well, can't talk more about League of Their Own? Give me a little moment. I don't remember much about the movie. I, I saw, saw it once in the theater, and I haven't watched it since. Oh, time for a revisit. There's not enough white men in that movie for me. <laughs> it's a great movie. It's pretty... I mean, it's a good movie. I like it's it. It's a good movie, but as a baseball guy, it doesn't scratch that itch for me at all. Why? It just doesn't feel like... It, it's... It, it's fun. It's it. It feels like just try. Like great a trifle. Perfor- great performance by Hank. It's not a trifle. It's a good. It's a great. Pretty great movie. I'd say. Lori Petty kills it. Uh huh. They they shot that movie in my wife's hometown, Evansville, Indiana, and she worked at the theater. They came that in, up. Name drive. <laughs> they came in, and my wife's favorite story is that Madonna came in, uh, looking like Madonna, and and you know it was just did not. She was Madonna and, and got a ticket and concessions. And then Lori Petty came in and in a disguise. <laughs> <laughs> After fucking Madonna. <laughs> I guess because Lori Petty was afraid that uh, people would, all the Point Break fans would. Was this after Point Break? This is before. This is after. Of course. Lori Petty did two, did two movies that were like pretty big. Point Break in this. And then Tank Girl. She shows up on Orange is the New Black. Yeah, you know, she doesn't really have much of a career. Tank Girl. I Tank Girl I kind of enjoy. Point Break, great. So Point Break great. is great. You're talking about the re- re- remake though. Oh yeah. Who is in the remake? Luke Bracey. Lucas, Lucas Till. Luke Bracey. Luke Bracey. And who who's the Oh uh your boy, Gerard Jared Butler. Oh is he's that, he's the Gary Busey, but he's got my, oh, my other guy. The Edward Ed uh, the Mex uh what's his name? Yeah, Ed the guy that was in, he's in uh, Domino. He, he looks like somebody punched Javier Bardem a lot. Is he not in Domino? Is yeah, it? Edgar Martinez or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He Is looks like somebody, like they pun- like, so Edgar, it looks like somebody punched Javier Bardem and he got all bloated. Is that is he really the Swayze? No one can be Swayze. They should have got, that would have been great if they got, they did it and they just cast um, Don Swayze. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or Swayze Kurtz. Um, I'm sorry, you didn't like League of Their Own. I'm... No, I don't dislike it. I just don't remember enough from it. You didn't t- like you didn't like my suggestion. I thought I killed it. Well, what are your moments since you have such a strong memory of it? Never saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I just like that. I you know Tom, that was the movie that Tom Hanks kind of. Um, you don't. I know, but 
kind of came back. That's and like the, the ninth. Most... I know I said all I saw all the time, but you know I was a big. I like Gina Davis a lot. Like Gina Davis was. We just saw um, before we did the podcast, which is a movie we could do. Uh, you brought up your iTunes and Long Kiss Goodnight was on it, which I love. And um, you know she's great in that movie. I don't know. It's it's a it's a fun movie. You know Mar- Marshall was. She was pretty great. I loved I loved Laverne and Shirley. When of course, I, was a young... I used to watch that all the time. Yeah, um, but a funny, funny, talented director. I was always like, why doesn't she direct more? Like, you know, she seemed to like just not direct for like a decade or so. And then I found out the last thing she was working on was like a documentary on Dennis Rodman when she died. <laughs> so she she had a passion for basketball, by the way. Okay, so regarding the show, uh, the, this is. It's not the tidiest, tightest thing ever it's made. Perfect. But, but what I want to ultimately do is I want to get a voicemail line like I used to have for the Chud Show to where you guys can respond. That's our old show. you got to explain it. It's we'll the get, first show. Okay. Well, actually, we'll do something after that we'll edit to the beginning. Okay. Or we'll just do it at the end. Well, that podcast and then magic. I'm breaking the fourth, 15th wall. So, no, but what we used to do is we used to have a voicemail line where people can call in. And what I'd love to have is, let's say that these are coming out on Tuesdays, maybe every other Tuesday. What I'd love to have is, let's say we talk about One Night at McCool's today, or Bad Times at Del Royale, whatever it's called. Oh, for God's sakes. We, we, and so I want you to call in with your little moments about that movie. Not about the next thing that we're going to be covering, because I really want to kind of have you respond to this movie, give it its life, and then we can kind of tie the episodes together that way. We want this to be evergreen, so that it's not necessarily tied to new releases or tied to She's any... She's great, by the way, in the Casino Royale. Evergreen? Uh-huh. <laughs> so... And Miss Peregrine. Yeah. She, that's a great movie. Um, so, if I can get that pulled off uh, and you like the show, please consider calling it in. It'll be free. And we'll use some of those to kind of tie the episodes together, just like the rug and Big Lebowski. And Dark Shadow Shoes and that. Evergreen is a luscious human being. She's also in uh, Sin City 2. Kills it on the Dame to Kill Deeper for. Dog Dick, whatever that show was called on Showtime. It was not called that. <laughs> I believe it was <laughs> Deeper Dog Dick? I, I was that, what, am I wrong? What is? What was it Huffington called? Huffington Perry Tales? What was it like? It was some of the P. Pent. <laughs> Penny Dreadful. Penny Dreadful. I Pent. was close the first time. Pent. <laughs> so this is Nick calling in on the voicemail number to see if it works. And if it works, you'll be hearing this right as we go to the outro music. This is the number for you to call and leave us a message so we can use you on subsequent episodes. In fact, episode two will hopefully feature a few calls from people. Anyway, the number is this, and I'll repeat this every episode, 762-499-4802. Now, that's a free call, 762-499-4802. And if that doesn't work, just dial Transylvania 65000. Go eat it. Thank you.